This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. They've already had four hours, but there's always more that goes into every show. This is Emerging Podcast Scene. Welcome to the Emerging Podcast Scene. Presented by Extend Technologies. My mic is way too hot. Check, check, one, two, one, two, That's one, my two. favorite when the mic is hot. There we go. There we go. What the hell? I'm going to shoot. you gotta, you got to host the thing. Somebody the other day, uh, they, they tweeted to CBS National, and they're like, man, Lima, your, your levels are terrible just all the time. And I'm like, well, it would help if somebody told me. You know, I can't really, can't really fix that unless people tell me there's a problem. So, Ken, it looks like you've diagnosed the problem. Uh, meanwhile, Ken is still tweeting, so it's a good time to let everybody know uh, that this podcast experience, the Emerging Podcast Scene, brought to you by X10 Technologies, E-X-T-E-N-D-A-V.com. We always say for all your home entertainment needs, but it's also uh, all your living room needs, all your uh, – any needs, any needs. It could be anything because they can really, really translate uh, what your vision is to what it can be. You can have the home theater experience of a lifetime, and you have to go to their beautiful showroom. They just got a brand-new sign for it. Uh, It is incredible. When you walk in there, uh, you will not believe that uh, everything that you can imagine can come true. They've got – Kenny, are you – what? Are you I'm gonna, listening to Okay, you. I just want to make sure. Go ahead. I just want to make just, sure I'm you know that shoot. home I'm, dreams can come true with Extend Technologies. All I'm your dreams shoot. can come true. Did Keith send us the link? Did you tweet out the link? Uh, no. <sighs> this is just this is just awful. Just awful in every single way. Just awful in every single way. What I said, did you think what I said this morning was going to be controversial? No. I didn't think it was controversial at all. I thought it was fact. But you know me. I'm the wrong guy to ask that question. I you actually are. You actually are. I mean, it's just how could you say this about Baker Mayfield? I'm not. If I say good things, if I go on CBS Sports Radio on Saturday and I say that Baker Mayfield should be paid, if I say that Baker Mayfield is a good quarterback, is a top-end, top-12 quarterback, if I say that Baker Mayfield was in a bad system in 2019 – if I say that Baker Mayfield's character is pretty good and that his teammates love him, I will have the negative aspect of that said to me by thousands of people who listen and plenty of callers who will say the same thing across the country. And I, I highlighted that. I said he's a polarizing quarterback. He is. Outside of Mahomes, think about this. Who's talked about more than Baker Mayfield in this country right now, in, as quarterbacks are said? Mahomes? Maybe. Actually, Mahomes probably didn't even talk about that much. 
Brady, Rodgers right now, nobody's saying anything about Watson just because this thing's in this weird limbo. Yeah, nobody knows. We talked about Russell Wilson. Uh, Russell Wilson's been satiated. Dak Prescott's been paid. Dak is still very controversial now that he got paid all that money. Yeah. That's going to continue the, con- Baker, the, the conversation about him all the time. Baker Mayfield's the first actual quarterback the Browns have had in 20 years. It's shooting fish in a barrel. And, I mean, I got it from all sides. I got it from all sides. This is the reason why it's all promotions for the shows and Tall Boy Friday and fart jokes. That's what it is anymore. Because you can't say anything of any try to – because nobody understands you anymore. Because we're so busy having fights online that anytime you say anything, they just assume you're saying something negative about somebody. Mm-hmm. That's what they say. That's what they do. So there's just – there's no point. There's no point in any of it. Like, I got somebody, oh, you, you, you indulge. You indulge. You indulge on these things. It makes it fun. You mean drives engagement. Indulging fabricated, fabricating talking points have been a part of the media landscape since the media began. And there have been plenty of people like Stephen A. Smith and Skip Bayless who have indulged in fabricated talking points and have made generational money doing so. Great. We'd like to tap into some of that. Maybe we are with this podcast. Uh, but I... I I just think that there is a little bit of a gap. This is why Baker's going to be controversial. In every city, there's a gap between what the world thinks of you and what your city thinks of you. That gap exists with every team and every player. But some of those players, there is more of a gap than in other places. Um, LeBron James and his first go-around in Cleveland – we had already made up our minds that he was just as good or was going to be on a, on a track that was going to lead to MJ and all these titles. And nationally, you know, there were still some questions about LeBron in his first go-around, but there was a gap there. People in Cleveland thought higher of LeBron than anywhere else. And then that gap started to close and close and close and close to where everybody knew everything about LeBron, and we all kind of agreed. So that gap went away. Uh, other players. Would you say there was a gap on Lindor? Lindor here, 2016, superstardom. Nationally, he was working his way up to that. But a little bit of a gap. There's always going to be that. You know, say, for instance, Miles Garrett. Here, we thought he was Defensive Player of the Year. Nationally, he eliminated a lot of that gap by playing stronger and stronger and stronger. Baker, there's still kind of a big gap. Locally, we just had a call at the end of the show that said he's going to be a top three quarterback this year. I don't know that everybody believes that. I think most people put him in the range of, you know, 7 to 10, around there. I think that's where most people have Baker Mayfield. Nationally, jury is still very much out. So that huge gap is why you're getting you're getting upset right now on Twitter because you're seeing people that can't fathom a world where Baker's controversial when in reality, nationally, yes, he's very controversial. There are people that think he might this might be it. This might be it in Cleveland. Like, he might have a bad year, and Cleveland's going to be looking for a quarterback at the end of the year. Here, nobody has that opinion. Zero percent of Browns fans have that opinion. Nobody. So, do you think everybody is lying about Baker? Why? I I mean, it's just he's not – the way that people look at him, they don't care that the Browns have never had good quarterbacks. They don't care. They don't care. They're judging him – like, they don't – they're judging him based on his peers, not based on yes. the 18 quarterbacks who came before and then before that Bernie Kosar. Yes. They're not doing that. He is not being graded on the curve that Browns fans are grading him on. And that's not to say he can't make a huge leap this year and have a great year and then be as good as what Browns fans already think he is. But he has not proven it to the level that 
fans here think he has proven it. Just one year does not make mm-hmm. a quarterback make. But I told you, Blake Bortles put up – he had a year and a half where he had stats that were among the top seven in the NFL. He had a year. Uh, Foles. Nick Foles had a season, had a playoff stretch run in an MVP game that only elite quarterbacks all time can brag about. People in Philadelphia, that created a rift. People, people in Philly thought he was maybe, if they, if they were off the Wentz bandwagon, they were saying Foles. Holy crap, look how good Foles is. Sorry, I just muted it. We're out. I'm out now. You're I'm, done. I'm done. I've said, I have said said all I can say. Well, just on Twitter th- you have. I don't know if you said all you can say on. No, I haven't said all I can say on this. I mean, it, it's a debated thing. Like, it's a big year for Baker Mayfield. And if I say that, people get the context out of it because they can hear my voice. They know I, they know I want him to do well. But if he, if he doesn't do well, then you'll, we'll just look for another quarterback. That's all. But even saying if that. If he does well, well, go but ahead. But even saying what you just said, there is no if no. for the fans here. The Mm-mm. fans are already sold. Most of them. Not everybody, but most of them are already sold because we all remember going into Pittsburgh, winning a playoff game. And even if, you know, they'll say, oh, they spotted you 21 points. Yeah. Anybody could have beaten Pittsburgh that day. Doesn't matter. He did. He did do it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and to them, everything is gravy now. But unfortunately, that's not the way the NFL works. The NFL is, okay, you did it there and won a playoff game. What's next? You got to have more moments. Mm-hmm. Get them more than that. Not only do you have to win the division at some point or, or not finish third, you have to either finish second or win the division. Yeah. But now you have to actually take it forward a step further in the playoffs. Yeah. That's all you have to do. But I know you're loving it because you thought I'd get ripped yesterday for me saying that the, the standard is the AFC championship game. And so I still, instead of you getting me ripped, I got myself ripped. For something I, what I said wasn't even controversial. It's just people took it the wrong, some people decided to take it the wrong way. Which is, in our heart of hearts, we know is true. I mean, he's betting on himself. He, he, I'm sure they would have came to the table and offered him the first contract out of the young quarterbacks in his draft class. And he decided he wanted to bet on himself. And that's perfectly fine. He can do that. But betting on yourself means a bet. B-E-T means that you may not necessarily win in that bet. We'll find out. And I, I've, I have every faith and confidence that he will. I have every faith and confidence that he will. But for whatever, because not whatever reason, but because people have been so defensive for three years because of national hosts or hosts from outside the city talking about Baker Mayfield or even some within the city, hell, for all we know. They've become mighty defensive of our Baker Mayfield, mighty defensive over this young man. And so they get upset when I, ju- I, I just told you the other side. I don't believe that. I believe he had a, I believe 2019 will more and more look like he was in a bad system. I believe that he's taken care of the right way with with Ke- with Kevin Stefanski. I, I believe that this team would not – I don't think it would be a total utter dumpster fire without him, but I think that this team would not be as good with Baker Mayfield, not nearly as good. And I believe that he'll be paid. And I believe that his teammates I, – I think it was a little weird there for a minute with the whole Duke Johnson thing, but I think that now he's earned his teammates' respect because they've won and he's led them to win. Yeah, the only way and he I doesn't get fine. paid – The only way he doesn't get paid is one of two ways. One, injury this year. And I know Dak Prescott got paid after an injury. Dak, Dak had way more consistency than Baker has shown. Baker would need to have another year, I think, of being really good to then be able to – not worry about an injury. The second part of it is just a unspeakable collapse that I could only see happening 
if the offensive line had significant it injuries. Wouldn't ha- and I, I just don't think it's going to happen. I, it, it, you mean the offensive line in terms of injuries? Yeah. I, I just can't see it happening. Well, I, I cannot see, see it happening. Oh, I can see offensive lines have injuries. Oh, I mean, it happens all the yeah, time. Yeah, other than that, other than injuries, I can't, I yeah. can't see it happening. I can't. And right. hell, they had injuries last year. and they, they Like, I do, I do think at times some of the easy stuff won't be as easy next year. Uh, because there's film, it's not as easy to just replicate everything. But I also don't think they're going to replicate everything just, from last year. I think yeah. they're going to evolve the offense. It's never, it's never the same thing every single year. I, I don't every every sport's different. But I remember when Terry Stotts, who just got fired from Portland, when he came to the league, they're like, that guy's running the best stuff in the NBA. And you know, six years later, or whatever, they're like, that guy runs terrible stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, what changed? Did Terry Stotts become dumb? No, things change. It's not easy. You can't just run the same stuff. And I bet you Kyle Shanahan can't just run the same stuff this year that he ran last year, the year before. Offenses change over time. It's why there are the Andy Reeds of the world who are given unbelievable credit to how much they're able to vary up the offense and not only keep people guessing, but also able to go to their bread and butter when they need to. The Browns are still kind of solidifying that, but I – I don't think Kevin Stefanski and the Browns are just going to say, this worked last year, let's do it. No, defenses are going to be ready. And that's easier said than done sometimes against a powerful running attack that the Browns probably have. But when are when are teams able to just put know. up? Like when you're doing fantasy football, do you just take – like the worst fantasy GMs there are are the ones that just take the stats last year and say that's what the guys are going to do this year. Never works like that. Mm-hmm. There are massive differences from year to year in the NFL. It's very rare you see a guy like Derrick Henry have two of the just elite years, 2,000 yards back-to-back. I mean, is that basically what he's done mm-hmm. the last years? That almost never happens in the NFL. And not to mention, Baker's year last year was very inconsistent. So I don't even know if you could count on just that. What do you think he's just going to have nine, you know, eight, eight rough games to start the year, and then eight elite games to end mm. the year? No, he's going to – either he's going to have those same up, up and downs, same couple. up and downs, but – I, I do think he'll be a little more consistent this but year. No, he's, well, I, he should be because I think his numbers were – his numbers are down. Or his interception numbers are down, which I think that was the key component. I, I know you bring up a lot of issues about completion percentage and stuff. I yeah, he I was, think the interception number was the key component to this because I think he was forced to try to save things in 2019. And since his interception numbers were down, I think he obviously has a better grip on the offense. I think that this is a year where they have to open things up some more. That's what I think are happening. That's what I think is happening. So, and that's yeah, look against better defenses. I, I expect him. You know, just like any quarterback who takes some chances, he's going to throw more than one interception in a nine game span. I mean, that's that that. There's nothing in Baker's career that that th- that would make you think that's going to continue. Yeah. But I also don't think he's going to go back and regress to. Uh, where was he, second worst in interceptions to Jameis Winston two years ago? I don't think mm-hmm. that that's happening either. You know, yeah, Baltimore, Pittsburgh defenses, they have confused him at times. They can read his eyes. They can, they can uh, even against the Browns' offensive line, those teams can get to him. They have showed that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, don't th- I, don't, I, don't think, I don't think his interceptions are going to just fall off a map because it's another year in the offense. I think he's, he takes too many chances for you to ever think he's just going to be careful like some of the quarterbacks that are really, really careful and will never throw interceptions, but also won't you won't be able to maximize what you can get from them uh, in the passing attack. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm just upset by the whole thing. You try to say something with some sort of dignity and people get upset. That's all. I'm sorry. 
I've totally ruined this whole thing. I know you're upset with me. You've ruined the whole thing. I know you're upset with me. I'm not upset with you. No, nah, you should be. You should be upset. Owen's upset. I know Keith's upset. Everybody's upset. I've ruined this whole – I've botched this entire thing. I think it is uh, just great to see you have to scramble a little bit because uh, yeah, no- I'm normally scrambling. I'm the one that has to deal with all the hate on social media. And uh, it's good to see you have to have to shake it off if once I, in a while. If I felt like he sucked and I was getting hate, I could somewhat understand it because I would go, well, I don't like the quarterback of the Browns and everybody likes the quarterback of the Browns. So I could understand it. The takes – that are negative are not my opinions. I like Baker Mayfield. They're not my thoughts. But if I mention Baker Mayfield what, and say the positive, the first calls I get are on the negative if I'm on the network. So why are they not your thoughts? Why do you think that is? Because I want them to do well, and I know that that's part of my that's that is in my head. That's part of my psyche. That is absolutely part of my psyche. Uh, if if I were going to say anything that concerns me, it would be, all right, it's year two. What changes in year two? Because you have to be able to move with the defenses of the NFL. So does he have enough to move with the defense of the NFL? And I'm sorry, the other thing that does concern me is I'm holding my breath on Odell Beckham Jr. coming back. I am, okay? If, if you want to beat me up on that, go right on ahead. I'm a little nervous about that. I just want to be reassured that this thing's going to work out. I think it can. Yeah, I do too. But that's also a hope. And I don't like talking about hope. I like talking about a fact. I really do. So that concerns me. Like, if he comes back, when he comes back, I should say, and if that thing has gone stagnant again, I'm going to be sick to my stomach. You're not going to allow one receiver to collapse your, your brilliant offense. There's just no way. That's uh, the and by the way, a guy is, negative. By the way, a guy as good as Odell Beckham who knows that he has to get this monkey off his back because – uh, you know, he has gone from darling of the NFL to I don't know if he was ever consensus best wide receiver in the NFL, but he was top three. Yeah, he was consensus top three. He's gone from that to people wondering if he's <laughs> even a top 15, top 20 guy now because there's so many good young receivers. So he has a big chip on his shoulder and he's coming off an injury, an injury that does slow down some guys. But notice he's he's attempting to do everything he can to show everyone his workout regimen, so people that know that he is working out and as fast as ever. I don't know if he's ever going to be the Odell that we thought we were getting, but that doesn't mean that he can't help this team in a big way, help this offense, and be a threat that they so desperately needed against the Kansas City Chiefs. Yes. I would I would say yes. I, I hope people aren't going to be mad now. You're Keith gonna... just texted me and made me think, I, I wish we could bring it to the air, and we can't, so go ahead. Okay. Uh, Aditi apparently – uh, put out her top five. No, you guys are probably going to talk about this uh, over the the rest of the week. But she put out her top five wide receiver duos in the NFL, and the Browns were not one of them. So people are like, "Oh, you got to have a DD on. You got to go after." Aditi. I'm not having a DD on just to go after a DD. That's not going to happen. But uh, you know, she had Stephon Diggs and and Beasley ahead. She had Cup and Robert Woods ahead, and people are like, "Come on, what are you talking about, Jarvis and Odell?" Are they as expensive as any wide receiver core outside of now Julio Jones and A.J. Brown? Because she had them ahead. I, I just don't know. I think our receivers will work out for this team this year. I think they're going to be in really good shape this year. Mm. And I'm okay if you don't call them top five. You know, Odell really hasn't earned that love recently. He just hasn't. He just hasn't. Mm. He's had two good games since he's been a Brown. He's had some others, but he's had two Odell Beckham games. Let's be honest. He had the game against the Jets. 
He had the game against the Cowboys. That's it. He has not really earned it the last few years. And Jarvis, Jarvis is underrated. But I think the, the Jarvis haters will say, yeah, look at what, you know, that Kansas City game. What, seven catches, 22 yards? That's not a superstar wide receiver. Superstar wide receiver is not doing seven catches, 22 yards. Well, he can only run the routes. I know. Uh, I agree what, with what you. What do they want him to do? He, but he's not going to get the love because his numbers are not going to be jaw-dropping. Even I when he was catching no 100, didn't he catch 110-plus balls two straight years this in is, Miami? Yes. But his stats weren't. The yardage wasn't there. He is He is a guy who the yardage isn't there because he's, he's just not that guy. He's not – Jarvis Landry is not take the lid off the top defense or take the lid off the top of the defense wide receiver. He's not that guy, okay? He runs slants. He runs ins. He go. He he runs drag routes. And you know what he does? He fights for balls. He's a dog, okay? He's basically mm-hmm. a tight end in a wide receiver body. That's what Jarvis Landry is. So he's not going to – you're not going to send him – on great big long fly routes or great big long post patterns, extended post patterns, because that's that's just not who he is. I mean, he can do – I mean, he caught a post against Pittsburgh and took off. He can get out there. He's a good wide receiver. But though, that's supposed to be Odell Beckham Jr. That's who that's supposed to be. And if you would have had Odell Beckham Jr. against Kansas City and he was working within the parameters of the offense, maybe it would have worked out better. Mm-hmm. Maybe it would have worked out better. So I got yeah. nothing against. Od- I got nothing against Jarvis. Man, Jarvis, some of the catches he made. Because I, I look, Baker's going to give you a chance at that football, but he's not always going to be the most accurate. Yeah. And holy cow, Jarvis was making. So with the exception of the games that he had Man, the ribs, kid. he was snagging balls out of out of midair like I haven't seen very many guys do it. And yet he never gets the credit. Nobody ever mentions Jarvis as a top wide receiver, and so people are going to hammer a Didi for that list. Mm. But a lot of it I can understand. Now, like, if you were to say, all right, best running back duos and the Browns weren't on there, then I'd say, okay, we have a problem. Because there's no doubt Kareem Hunt was the best running back in football a few years ago. Mm. And obviously we know that Nick Chubb is one of the best running backs in football now. I do think uh, Kareem Hunt took a step back last year. I don't know why. I don't know if it's injury or what. He was not the same. I thought he took a step forward in the second half. I thought, oh, okay. I thought he was a little confused in the offense. I thought he was a little unsure of his position. And what to do? What what was asked to him in the offense? And I think he had a problem sharing carries. Not in terms of he hated hated yeah. sharing carries, but you know some guys need to be worked into a rhythm. Yeah. And some guys need to be. And some guys can just grab it and go. That has to be and weird for him. It has to be weird going from being the guy. Yeah, he's just not the on the best one. team in football. Yep. To now on a team that's pretty good, the Browns. But like you're the bat, you're clear backup. Yeah, clear. There's no and, debate. And I think that affected him a little bit last year. And because remember, the, there was the eight games he had before, which were. You know, that was a whatever with Freddie. And then last year, there, there might have been an idea, but I think the season had to come to him. I think that Kareem Hunt's going to have – I think there could be a debate about Kareem Hunt and, and Nick Chubb coming up in 2021 about whether or not – you know, I know the the Nick Chubb contract is, is something that's bigger and bigger as every day goes by. And if they use Kareem Hunt the same way they've used Kareem Hunt, like I bet there will be people who talk themselves into it. Like he's our number one. He can be our number one. Yeah. He's back. He's fine. Because I just think another year in this offense should help Kareem Hunt. I think he should be fine in this offense. And to see him start to blossom a little bit as the year went on, like he played wonderfully against Pittsburgh in the postseason game. He did a lot of good things that I, I, I just like that Kareem Hunt did. So I think that he might – we might have ourselves – talking about angry debates, I think that we'll probably have ourselves a debate coming up next offseason about Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt and and who's the guy? Who's the guy of the future? 
That's what. That's my. Now, what's, thought. what's Kareem Hunt making this year? Um, is it two? Two million dollars? That's it. I'm sure Keith will text us what he's making here in a second. Well, we're not talking. I can't say that. When he's not talking about other things, I I think Keith will send us a text. You know what I like to talk about is Extend Technologies. X-T-E-N-D-A-V.com. You know, sometimes I say the wrong thing on the internet, and I have to come home and I have to relax. Thank goodness that I've been taken care of by Extend Technologies because they can help you relax, whether it be in your basement, whether it be in your home office, whether it be in your bedroom, whether it be in on your patio. They can do it all with Extend Technologies, transforming your home, making it better, putting it in the palm of your hand, the power in the palm of your hand with Extend Technologies. Better than anybody else out there. And, folks, that's a personal guarantee from me to you. So if you want the very best, and I know you, you insist on the very best, you get to Extend Technologies online first, X-T-E-N-D-A-V.com. And, again, check out what they can do for your patio. You're going to absolutely love it. Get with the fine folks with Extend Technologies. So you're going to L.A. I am out of here. 40th birthday celebration. Getting out of town. Leaving uh, first thing tomorrow. Owen got back to me. He's making $6 million. Yeah, I thought it was closer to no, 6 No, 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 no. 2020, okay, 2021, he's making $5 million, it says okay. there. Okay, thank you, thank you. That thank is you. a lot for a backup running back, is it not? That's a whole bunch, but, you know. I think they got the money. Six they million dollars better year. than twelve and a half million dollars yep. <laughs> for certain guys. So I think that that's a good savings for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, go, you're going to L.A. Now you're staying next to the comedy store, but you're not going in the comedy store. Yeah, West Hollywood. I, I mean, unless, you want to get into this? You um, want to get political? Um, unless we get lucky. Unless we get lucky. But the tickets, because that place was closed for a year, the tickets are absurd. There's like a secondary market for just Tuesday shows, Wednesday shows, and normally the old setup there is they've got. And there's a documentary on this. If anybody uh, had a chance to see it, it was on Showtime. They had all the best comedians, you know, talking about their times at the comedy, uh, the, the the comedy store, which, you know, it's it's there was always a debate which was the best place to go see comedians in the country. Where did the guys get their best work? It was the Comedy Cellar in East Village in New York, or the Comedy Store off Sunset in uh, in in L.A. And it's been closed, and now tickets are, are crazy. So if you go on, like, a Tuesday or Wednesday night, in the old days, you'd be able to see Joe Rogan would just pop in, do 10 minutes, work on his stuff. Mm-hmm. You'd be able to see, uh, you know, all, all the best, all the best guys. Like Bill Burr, if he was in town, he would just stop by. If Jerry Seinfeld happened to be in town, he would just stop by. Uh, then famous actors who have been comedians would just stop by. And so the the – caliber of an entire show that you would be able to see was unparalleled. Well, uh, Joe Rogan took a lot of the guys with him to Texas <laughs> because they weren't allowed to perform in L.A. over the last year. So they, they all just left. And so Rogan took this whole crew and he took their top booker with him to Texas. So there are still some really good comedians out there. And I, w- I wanted to see. I wanted to see because they don't ever advertise. They don't ever tell you who's really going to be there. Ken, tickets are ridiculous. Like, it would cost me Browns playoff money to go see them with my girlfriend. Browns playoff money. Like, mm-hmm. that's what that's what tickets are going for uh, if you want to go there. Just on a Wednesday night. To the comedy store? Because mm-hmm. they're closed for a year, and people come from all over the country. That's one of the things they do when they go to L.A. is that they go see no the shows. Kidding. So it could cost me, and after drinks and everything, it could be a $300 night. Oh, um, my God. Yeah. And that's not even and guaranteed. If I wanna give, and if I want to get four of us in, Ooh. you know, we're talking over $1,000 just to see comedians. 
And so it's it, it also, part of it is the acclaim of what it is, like going to see a Broadway show. You know, you go see a Broadway show and you want good tickets, especially when they open up again, I think in the fall, after the shutdown, and you want to see a top show. It'll be the toughest ticket in New York. It'll be tougher than the Knicks. Right now to go see, of course, the Knicks are no longer, you know, playing in the in the playoffs. But is that not crazy to you how insane, insanely expensive that is? Yeah. I. Uh, so what do I do in L.A. if I ever get to go to L.A.? <laughs> Uh, because I'm trying to think like, okay, if I went to, if I went to see, uh, you know what? I don't know what the hell to do in California. Liz and I, we're going to have, we're going to go to California and now yeah. I don't even know what we would do. Yeah. Well, I, I, I wonder what it's going to be like. They said they're fully opening up a day after I leave. They're opening up on June 14th, but they are open now. It's just not it's not normal normal yet, and I do wonder what it's going to be like because you know I've heard I've heard about the homeless situation has only gotten worse. Makes sense, by the way. I mean, everyone's like appalled that they're homeless in LA. I'm like, well, where would you want to be homeless? If you could pick your homeless home, where would it be? Wouldn't be Cleveland, Ohio. No. If you had the way to get out and every last dollar you had, if you were panhandling or whatever, you had any help left or had any dollars left, where would you want to be homeless? Not in Cleveland. Florida. You'd probably go to either Florida or L.A. Florida would be interesting. Um, I guess I could go see the Hollywood sign. What the hell are you going to do out in L.A.? Restaurants. We're going to. I can go to restaurants oh, in Cleveland. West Hollywood restaurants. I set different. you up. I set I know, you up so badly for that. I did that on purpose. But I've been to all the ones in I Cleveland. I did that on purpose. I know. I've I been know. to all the ones in Cleveland. Um, you know, I've done Malibu. I've done. I've done Venice. I've done, uh, you know, Venice Beach, and oh. obviously uh, Santa Monica. You know, did all that. So now, what has happened with the Venice Boardwalk? Somebody tweeted it into my timeline about the Venice Boardwalk, and it's it is not what it was. Why? In what are you? What are you hearing? Some some folks have been displaced. A lot of fights. A lot of crime. Okay. I I don't know. I that's uh, that's what yeah. I'm listen, guessing. if you don't if you don't solve the homeless problem. You're going to be dealing with more and more homeless, and a lot of people have gotten really upset about that. But they they don't just disappear, and you can you Boy. can try to to move them places. Well, but are you going to do it in an ethical way? Are you going to do it in a lawful way? No, and, I don't think they would. Or are you just going to cause a problem for another community? Well, that's that's another thing that terrifies me. I mean, I know we've talked about the like the home buying market, but you're going to have more and more people who have properties that they're just going to get out and yeah. and. And people don't. I don't think that people are going to understand. And we're going way off sports here. Yeah. I don't think people understand their rights and things that they can do. And some people, like good people, might be put in an awful situation. Yeah. So I, I heard. I heard Joe Rogan with the mayor of Austin, and Joe is like obsessed about homeless because he said part of the reason he left L.A. Yeah. But of course, money and tax breaks help. But he said the homeless problem had gotten so out of whack in L.A. So he goes to Austin, and, and people are starting to talk about the homeless problem in Austin. And there are a lot of homeless people in Austin. Well, anytime there's more people yes. in a certain area, there's going to be more homeless yes. people. And it's when just... your motto is, you know, what is it? Stay weird or yeah, keep Austin weird? Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah it's going to be weird. There are going to be people that go there that are not not uh, look like they're on Wall Street. They're going to look a little different. So now he has that mayor on, and the mayor's like, well, well, th- these aren't easy problems to solve. And Joe's like, well, take them from one place and put them in another place. And the mayor's like, yeah, that's not Joe really Rogan said that's that? not really a solution, Joe. That's not a solution at all. The question is how we can meet the needs of the homeless and do it in a way that isn't just bringing out the worst in people. So these aren't easy problems to deal with. <laughs> They're problems that nobody wants in their backyard. 
That's the whole NIMBY thing. But yeah, it's uh, in your backyard. What are you going to do about it? It. I told you it's 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 become so. I, I say I told you. I've I've only told you off air. It's such a difficult thing to go to go about because there's so many of us who go, ah, oh, just clean it. I'm like, no, when you grow up, when you're an adult, like when I was a kid, you know, I'm from Canton. Like there was in Perry Town, I had one person who was like the town homeless guy, and that was it. And so people would like, you know, he had a nickname and that was it. And he was he was a colorful figure at that time. It was mm-hmm. like a Mayberry type of thing. And then when I moved to Cleveland and I'm in Cleveland – and you realize, like, hey, these are real people with real problems. These are not just some character on a TV show or anything like that. And most of these people have mental illness that needs to be addressed. That they can't get the mm-hmm. requirement. They can't get the required things to help them with their mental illness. You see, you do truly see how sad of a situation it is. I know. I, this is the age-old debate, and it's the I, I love this podcast because we could talk about some of the controversial things <laughs> that listen to nobody you. wants us listen to talk to about on the actual ass. radio. Uh, but but I've never bought in. Maybe this is liberal Lima here. I've never bought into uh, this thought that the homeless people, they want to be homeless. They're thriving um, in, in their situations. I've just never bought that. I think, I think there's a lot of mental illness, and there's more mental illness now than there's ever been. And I, I, I just I – just, it's sad. It's sad. That, but where do you think they're going to go? They're going to go to warm places. Wouldn't you? Yeah. Wouldn't you if you had the opportunity? I probably would too. Should we do more of these kind of discussions? Are these frank discussions? I, Is this I what people want to hear, or do they want to hear about Baker Mayfield? I don't know. I'm, I'm exhausted talking about uh, Baker Mayfield all of a sudden. Oh, we do have. Oh, we have that. We do course. have something exciting. Now, we, we're going to do can this. I tell, on... Can I tell you I, uh, what I responded to somebody? Oh, good. So somebody said, somebody said something very nice to me, and I said, I swear on my family and everything I hold dear. I was only trying to explain the debates I have. This is the only thing I hold my breath on with Baker is his relationship with OBJ on field. I hope I just I hope, but I just want to make sure. That's the only thing I said. I swear to God on this, everything in my life. This is going to be uh... on my children, folks. If because if I meant if I said it, and I meant it, and I was getting attacked for it. I would still be in battle mode, but mm. I would I would have. I don't want to be blamed for my opinion that I didn't have. That's it. That's it. If I wanted to rip the guy, I'll rip the guy. If I think your quarterback's garbage, I'll say your quarterback's garbage. But I just don't want to be ripped for an opinion I don't have. Mm-hmm. That's all. That's all. Well, this 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 is gonna be a real Rick Ankiel moment for Cat. I don't know how he rebounds from this. He's gonna this, be all oh, this, this debate's gonna be in the back of his head. Now he's gonna have to overcompensate and go the other way. And now you're gonna have to say Baker's elite every day. I don't know how you recover from this. This can be tough. That's fine. It's, it's okay. I mean, I've made missteps before. I, oh, la- the biggest thing that was closest to this, last year before the season started, what did I say? I go, I, I said something about the game I'm more worried about okay. is week two against the Bengals. Because if you lose week one against the Ravens, hey, you lose week one against the Ravens. But if you lose week two against the it's Bengals, spirals out and of you're control. 0-2, yeah. then it spirals out of control. And I – I never told you about this because I I saw I didn't see it till after the show. It was just nonstop. You piece of trash! I'm like, <laughs> why? What? What are you saying? You already have us at zero and two. I go, I don't have you at zero and two. Yeah, you're hoping to avoid zero and two. One and one. I didn't think they were going to beat Baltimore, and I didn't think they were going to. I didn't think they were going to lose the way they lost to Baltimore. How did they recover Man, from when that they Baltimore lo- game? when that Baltimore game had when they tried to do a freaking fake punt from like their own ten yard line? 
What would you think about Stefanski? What did you think right there in that? More of the same. More of the same. I said, I can't believe it. I can't believe we got it wrong again. I can't. The smart guys picked this guy out, and we got this thing wrong again. And thank God, man. Thank God for Kevin Stefanski. I really owe a lot to Kevin Stefanski for my personal happiness. (laughs) I really do. Change it was a sex better. Um, to quote the great uh, Rob Chizinski, that dep- I told you. I mean, I if we're, if we're on the podcast, so I can say anything I want. Now. Water's better. I, sex I is we better. conceived Axel after a bronze win. I think I've said that before on the air. You know for a fact it was it was that. Oh, I know when all three of my children. You were couldn't. How, see, I don't understand that. How could it not? It's just a. It's just a. My. It's a father's intuition. It is a father's intuition. Um. Liz was or Liz. Uh, Eli was right. After Liz got home from Liz, like filled in once at the hotel, right when she got home from work, um, Axel was outside playing with his toys uh, in the living room, and then Eli or Jonah, I should say, he was he was right after the show one day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, on a Wednesday. Just had to get it in on a Wednesday. No, we had, we had talked about it, and uh, I said fine because I kind of was like, ah, oh, you know, a third might be fun. Hmm. And then I kind of backed out of it for a second because I'm like, man, three or – and it is. It's a lot of work. But you don't – I will say this, and I think that people talk about kids because they're just – I think some people talk about kids because they're only trying to get people to, quote, unquote, join the club. When they're yours, they're just not as much work. No. You don't realize – like, there's times where it's like, you guys, you guys are pushing me to my edge. You guys need to knock this off. But, like, Jonah's, like, so cool, and he's two. And, I mean, I can already tell he's going to be the smartest of the group. I could just already tell he's he's gonna be he's already the most precocious. He's certainly like they say the third kid's the, usually the one with the best sense of humor. I think he'll be that way. I think he'll be the most quick witted. Um, obviously, we're very glad we have him. We're very glad he's healthy. But yeah, I remember all three uh, when they were conceived, and one was after a Browns win against uh, after the New Orleans Saints <laughs> when Billy Cundiff hit the game winning uh, field goal at the end of the game. Oh, the immortal Billy Cundiff! Yep. How could I forget? Had a good time. Went right to the bedroom. Uh, Liz then posted a video of me, and then Tom called. I remember the video. There you go. I didn't, and I didn't know that video was being taken, but Kid calls BS on that. Yeah, we said it was kid. staged. You want to talk um, more about my sex life? Or? Yes, I do. I do. You go right on it? No, I'm kidding. At least, you, at least you're in better spirits than when you started the show. Uh, uh, speak of the devil, let's get to... Uh, okay, so again, uh, we do these normally on, on Thursdays, but today's Tuesday, so we won't be with you uh, the rest of the week. But this coming from Brandon... Hello, gentlemen. I love listening to you guys every morning. Fun fact, by the way, whenever somebody says fun fact, about 5% of the time is the fact end up being something that I would consider fun. Honestly, 95% (laughs) of the time I usually go, well, ain't that something? And I mean that. (laughs) I do mean that. I'm like, oh, I didn't know that. Okay, fun fact. Lima, I was a guy that you talked about on the show a few years ago that asked you if some random guy was Corey Kluber at a New Year's Eve party at Lago. Honestly, it was just a coincidence that I asked you because, unfortunately, I was too drunk to recognize who you were, and I only found out it was you I asked after you talked about it on the show. I don't remember. Was was Kluber there? Was Klubot enjoying New Year's Eve? We saw how he, quote-unquote, celebrated his no-hitter. Mm. And I don't think there was anything that outrageous about that. So maybe his New Year's be like, all right, let's go. Five, four, three, two. Like, I could see Corey Kluber being that way at a yeah, New Year's Eve party. Yeah, all probably. right. This from Brandon. Anyway, I have a question for both of you. Ken, as a relationship vet, Lima, as the emerging relationship star, how do you stay grounded to the beginning of a relationship that has gone so well from the beginning? I really like this girl. 
even more already after a week of knowing her uh, than any other relationship, a few of which were one-plus years, she seems to really like me back. I just want to make sure I don't get too far ahead of myself, though, and put the buggy before the horse. I'm 31, so I've been around the block a bit, and I know that things can change, but for some reason, it just feels different, and things are just getting easier with her. We both are excited to try and make this work. It just feels right. Thanks, guys. I love that I get extra two hours or so with you guys every week with the new podcast. Yeah, sorry, we're not going to be on on Thursday because Lima's out of town. That makes one of us. One last thing, Super Bowl. Super Love you both, Brandon. This, this is easy for me. What's the name on there? Brandon. Brandon. This one's easy for me. Uh, Liz and I discussed it a couple times when you know you know, and you just know. You just know. You know when she's the one. And uh, we were together nine months before we – how long has he been with this person? Seems like it is is going exceedingly well because these other relationships were over a year. Wow. Um yeah, you just know there's certain things you know. For Liz, one of the things that I, I look back on, I might not have known it in time – Liz was the first person I was I was uh, never afraid to have an argument with. I was never afraid to have an argument with, and I felt like she was the first person who allowed me to really express myself in a relationship. Um, you know, I've always, you know, the way I looked, and I've, I haven't always been this heavy, obviously, but I know the way I'm not uh, necessarily a 10, and so I've usually walked on eggshells because I, I talk okay, so I've always dated up. Yeah, in so a lot of ways that that a lot of people can't. And, yeah, and so there's been a lot of times where the old uh, the old 38 special song about holding on loosely happens. Where, yeah, man, I've had a couple of them where like I was like, ah, oh, she's not going to talk to me anymore, and you get nervous about that, and you're you're afraid to speak up for yourself. And so Liz was really the first where I was like, yeah, I got no problem expressing myself and having this conversation, and uh, that was a, that was a good time. So. That's that's when you know for for different people it's different things. You know, Lime is still in the. Uh, I mean, I've been married almost ten years, so to me, Lime is still in the incubation phase of his relationship. So I don't know what type of advice he's going to get. You know, I know very very early on, many of the quasi I don't even know if I would call them relationships that I had been involved in. Uh, I I absolutely acted out with destructive behavior. Uh, looking back, probably intentionally, uh, to avoid end up with any kind of solid commitment because I knew I wasn't ready. That's probably why. Yeah. So instead I would engage in destructive behavior and make sure that I would do everything I could to ensure that uh, women would put me at arm's length <laughs> just just to, to, to say basically sabotage things. You know, Looking back, I didn't know I was doing it at the time. I really didn't. But I think there was something in the subconscious that was happening that would be like, come on, you're not ready. You're not ready. Enjoy life. You don't want to be in a relationship. And it's sad because there were some some really good people that probably just didn't give a chance. And then you get a little bit later in life, and I think you change your mindset. And I I think there is no doubt Mm. that you got to allow somebody the chance. And once you start allowing somebody the chance to change your life, Mm. I think you have a chance to change your life, a really good chance. And so I I think, like for me and Sarah – uh, you say incubation period, but it feels like, especially because of the time period that it happened, which was the quarantine mm-hmm. and the fact that we were able, while so many other people, unfortunately, were not able to do anything, we were able, especially after I got COVID, uh, it was like, all right, well, 
let's see. Let's put this to the test. Let's see if this is really something that we want to further. And so I think went down a path more comprehensively than I would have otherwise and really putting things to a test and not engaging in the destructive behavior because I didn't want to destruct. I didn't want to sabotage anything that I actually said that I, I, I started to think, yeah, I want this. This is what I want. I know I want it. That's nice. Because I think for a, a long time, I didn't know. I didn't know at all. Well, if you don't know, then you really you really know when you don't know. Because you don't know. And I've been asked the question before, can you imagine life without that person? Right. And that's I think that's what you have to think. It's not about... I can't stand being with this person. Well, wait a minute. What is your life without this person? I think that's what you need to need to focus on. And if you can't if you can't imagine life without that person, um, in a in a real sense, not just love, but also just everything with it, because love is something more than just. I think we confuse it with lust so often. Yeah. Uh, but let, that's not it. I, you become attracted to different things. You you grow close about certain things, and you really realize that you find your best friend. And so I think that there's so many other things that go into it. That's why, you know, I'm not I don't encourage everybody to uh, I don't encourage everybody to get married. I don't encourage everybody to have kids. I think that everybody's their own thing. But I also encourage I, I also do encourage people to uh, not lay their problems on other people, but be open to other people's problems as well. Yeah. Now, for Brandon here, I know we've, we've kind of turned it inward on us. It sounds like this is very early, but he's asking for this advice. Is, and the only thing we can do is yeah. go from our personal uh this, personal experience. This is very early. You mentioned the lust thing. I think you got to be clear and make sure that that's not what this is all about. Because, you know, I got to my age. I'm probably already out of my peak, Kenny. No, you are. Sadly, I'm on the other side. I'm I'm on the way downhill. I am like acquiring Matt Stafford at this stage, yeah. uh, unfortunately. I am the Shaquille O'Neal going to the Cavs, uh, unfortunately. I am the Ben Wallace going to the Cavs, unfortunately. I am the Nick Swisher and uh, Michael Bourne going to the Indians. It's not unfortunate. I am the Dwayne Bowe and Kenny Britt going to the Browns. You've reached the point in your life where one part of you can't. I am the Jadevian. Cl- oh, no. You've I, that's reached the point in your life where one part of you can't lie to the other part. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's that's why this is meaningful. I am the John Beeline going to the cat, unfortunately. You are the Hubie Brown going to the Memphis Grizzlies. <laughs> Um, you've reached a point in your life where you're mature enough to understand that one party you can't lie to the other party. I am the Marv Albert calling the wow. Easter Conference semis. You, at one point, you were the Marv Albert. Of, never mind. Hey, who? That was, oh. that, that was not that long ago. That was not that long ago. Enough. Look, you got to mix it up, folks. You got to mix it up. So I, I, I would say for Brandon, you said, you know, it's got to be something like, are you already – you know what it was for me, Kenny? It what? was – identifying because I overanalyze, we overanalyze, plus I'm older and you start to overanalyze. When you are able to locate faults and say, I'm fine with them. Here are the faults I think she has, and here's how I would normally react to those faults, and I'm not reacting to those. I'm fine. I'm fine. I think we can work through that. Not like a codependent way where it's like the faults are horrific and your misery is associated with her misery. Uh, That's bad. That stuff you got to run away screaming, kicking yeah. and screaming, and that that's one of the biggest. Look up codependency issues. That's one of the biggest blows to a relationship. This this is something where here are what I have deemed to be her faults, mm-hmm. and here's how I would normally react to those. I'm not reacting to those, and here's how she's reacting to my faults. Mm. And she's okay with them, and they're not deal breakers. That to me was the key. That when I knew. That in the past, I would be like Jerry Seinfeld and go, 
but she talks this way or she uses that expression or she does this and that would bother me or this is the way she reacts to me on my phone or uh, these weird quirks that I have developed. Oh, none of these bother her? And oh my God, I'm not bothered by any of these things and she's not bothered by any of my things or we are bothered but we can talk about them Mm -hmm. and we can work on them and they're not death death knells. Hello. Yeah. We're through. We've we've reached the other side. Yeah. There's a – there's – um, you know, I, I, my parents were loud arguers, and so you usually, you know, with what you with what you're around when you're a kid, something in a lot of ways, and in a lot of ways, it's sad too. Uh, you become you become an arguer like that person. Uh, so you know, learning how to argue, learning how to discuss, turn it turn an argument into a discussion instead of a big blow up is, I think, a huge key to be pragmatic about these things, to try to emote while there's emotion because you love this person. So there's always going to be an emotional conversation to it uh, to remove as much of emotion from that conversation as possible. And also, you know, I, I would say you never got it figured out and realize that you never got it figured out. There's so many things that I think that I've gotten better at from 24 that I am at 34 now. Where I'm not, where I was, where I know that at 44, I'm going to know much more than where I'm at at 34 years old. And it's actually scare, it scares me about how ignorant I am compared to where I will probably be when I'm 44. And it also scares me that I could be so set in my ways that I could be much more ignorant at 44 years old mm-hmm. than I'm at 34 years old. So it can go both ways. So it's about you learning about yourself and also keeping an eye on society and keeping an eye on everything that seems right. But these are discussions. These are big discussions, man. These are these are discussions where really we need to get a bowl out. And, and Lima's about to go. Lima's, Lima's got to go leaving on a jet plane when? Tomorrow? Yep. What time? It's our fourth trip, by the way, during wow. the pandemic. Hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait. Can we say a trip now during the pandemic? Yeah. Yeah, I was traveling all over. I was putting everybody at risk. Uh, strong CLE fan says, you are the Verizhou coming back. For 10 games. <laughs> sad. Very sad. You know what? He could still do that back tap. I gave him credit. He did the back tap. Make what your a, jokes. Anyway. What a punch in the stomach. Uh, what a terrible move. What a just, ugh. Hey, look over here. It's such a terrible move by them. God. By the way, we just, we just gave people our longest podcast to date, and, and you thought the foot would be out the door. No, I think our first one was almost an hour. All right. Uh, make sure to go to Extend Technologies if you guys want a nice, quiet evening at home or you want to be at home and have action-packed movies together. Well, get to Extend Technologies, X-T-E-N-D-A-V.com. That's X-T-E-N-D-A-V.com. Go to the website first, then stop on into the showroom. See what Tony can do for you. You can't miss it. The signage is new right out there front, out front in Broadview Heights. I believe at Broadview Village is what it's called. It's uh, down a little bit from the marks right there in that spot. You can't miss it. Uh, you're going to love everything you get. I usually take Wallings Road from 77th South. and head I got to do that next time. Yeah, it's it's perfect from downtown Cleveland. So you're going to love Extend Technologies. You're going to love Tony. They're going to set you all up. And it, it's not just – And depending on where you're listening to this, you can say, well, you know, maybe I'm li- – guys, I, I got people I know who have down in Maslin who have transformed their entire basement. So don't worry. If you want to transform your house, they'll do it for you. Extend Technologies, X-T-E-N-D-A-V.com. You make your home dreams come true with Extend Technologies. All right, so you're back on Tuesday. Tuesday. Taking the red eye Sunday night. We got it. Oh, okay, that's easy. We got to do the podcast on Tuesday. All right. Uh, Should I go to the Browns backer? I got a Browns backer bar. Uh, Met the guy. He said, come on out. Yes. Uh, Should I report? 
Should I, yes. watch, a, should I watch an Indians game there? Yes. Hollywood, St. Felix. It's called St. Felix in Hollywood. We're in West Hollywood. Yeah. So shout out to John. Take a picture of it or take yeah. a video, whatever you got to do. You know, make it make it look nice and because uh, we're looking to support. Obviously, you want to support local businesses. I'm sure that's a local business there. I yep. know it's not necessarily here, but it's still a local business there. And we obviously want to support uh, people who are proprietors of businesses who are Browns fans. I've had some of the best times of my life, uh, without a doubt, in other cities watching my teams at Backers Bar. I will never forget at Ohio State, uh, in New York City, watching Terrell Pryor dominate the Oregon Oregon Ducks on, on a Rose Bowl. And there were 500 of us there. Yeah, Buckeye I'm- fans making fast friends. We started hanging out with a group, and we hung out with this group the entire day. We ended up having a bender with this group. A I bender? Didn't know who these dudes were. And by the end of the day, we're wearing Ohio State stuff. We went to the Florida game where they trounced Cincinnati, I think, at night. Was it that way or was it opposite? Who mm-hmm. won the game? I think it was Florida. I don't remember. We came at Ohio State gear, and they booed us. They Ooh. booed us like crazy. Ooh. Okay. See, I – I watched Charlie Fry complete a pass at the end of the regulation to Dominic Hickson to win uh, the MAC championship from my dorm. Did at you? Brown Street, which is no longer there because it's where the football stadium is now. Where InfoCision Field. They tore it up. Imminent domain. Wait, they took Info's- over your dorm. You should have squatted and said, over my dead body. I was more than happy to move. I was more than happy to move. What's this say about this course? Oh, never mind. All right. Yeah, just another golf course closed down. All right. Uh, big thanks to everybody who joined us on the show today, on the regular show. And on the podcast, we'll talk to you next Tuesday. Tomorrow, I'll be with Matt Derry, 6 to 10. Have a wonderful day, my friends. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.